Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Katie Lisnick. Katie has joined us on previous shows. I believe this is her third time with us. She's currently the Director of Cat Protection and Policy at the Humane Society of the United States. And what we're doing with Katie today is what's happening around the country. So Katie, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great. I just, I had such a fun time the last time you were on the show when we were sort of surfing around the country and talking about different things that were going on in different states. And so we're going to sort of spin that uh, Jeopardy wheel and pull up a few states and you can fill us in on what's going on around the country. Okay. Sounds great to me. So the first state that I'm going to pull up is Wyoming. Wyoming. Okay. So let me just take, before I launch into what's happening there, this is obviously, you know, we're into January, February. This is the thick of legislative session season. So pretty much all of the states around the country are in their current uh, active legislative session right now for 2017. And that means legislative bills at the state level are flying around fast and furious. So sometimes we know what's coming. Sometimes we work with our state directors and with groups on the ground, shelters and rescues and TNR groups. So we have a good idea of the sort of bills that we're going to be expecting. And we've done some groundwork before hand, uh, which is, is great. And we love those bills. <laughs> Sometimes we get a bit of a heads up that something bad is going to be coming. And so we can prepare for those. Other times things just pop up out of the blue and we had no clue that it was going to happen. And this Wyoming bill is an example of the latter. So we just heard from, we don't actually have a state director in Wyoming right now, but our uh, state director in Idaho right next door, she had flagged this and she's been kind of keeping an eye on what happens there. Uh, and so what it is, is actually a bill to allow the different counties in the state of Wyoming to do feeding bans on wildlife and nuisance animals at the county level. Um, and, you know, typically, like for our wildlife department, that's not necessarily a bad thing to say that, hey, you know, in this county, you can't put out feed to attract bear. You know, that's not a bad thing. And that's something our wildlife department is actually on board with. The problem comes in with the definition of nuisance animal, which includes cats. So we need to be really clear here that we're not necessarily opposing the bill outright, but we're trying to get the sponsor and any um, legislators that have uh, uh, jumped on board with the bill to put an exemption in that cats are not included in this. So that might end up being a change in the nuisance animal definition, or it might be, you know, an actual exemption written in that, you know, for this purpose of this new section, you know, cats are not to be included in that. So right now we're working with uh, Lisa, our Idaho state director, as well as a couple of shelters and groups on the ground in Wyoming to hopefully get these amendments added to the bill so that it can, the purpose of the bill to address wildlife issues is still there, but we're not having cats caught up in that, which is something that we see very often all over the country. Yeah, I was going to ask you if nuisance animals and cats is a common theme these days. 
It's a very common theme, and it's one that can be really tricky. And you need to like read through almost all of the statutes that relate to animals in a state to really determine just how closely cats are caught up in these definitions. Sometimes they're included in pest language, sometimes in nuisance animals. You know, there's all different sorts of terms that are used in the various states, and sometimes they're not even defined. So that's something that we actually try to insert in and clarify what animals they're actually talking about when they haven't clarified that already. So we're going to keep moving along. What's going on in Vermont these days? What's going on in Vermont is actually a sample or an example of uh, what we were just talking about, interestingly. So Vermont has some really good state laws already, uh, but there are some things that cats have have gotten caught up in. Uh, And I sort of think about the bill that we're doing here in Vermont as something that's bringing Vermont statutes into the 21st century, (laughs) um, if you will. Uh, A lot of statutes have been written many, many years ago, you know, decades ago, in some cases, 100 years ago, things like abandonment statutes that you can't abandon an animal, which is a good thing. We don't want people just abandoning their pets. Things like, you know, being able to put out poison on your land to get common pests, uh, which is kind of what we just talked about. You know, all these sorts of things that have been on the books a long, long time, well before TNR was really a thing. So they weren't written to reflect what people are actually doing nowadays to protect cats and to manage them effectively. So we're going back and kind of looking at all of the different places where TNR programs could get tripped up or possibly challenged based on current statutes. So the Vermont bill has changes to the abandonment language to clarify that TNR is not to be considered abandonment. Um, There's changes to the poisoning statute that domestic animals or domestic pets, as they're defined, you know, that's not a common pest in your yard because there is no definition of it right now. You know, it's just anybody could say, well, you know, there's tons of cats in my yard. I consider them a pest. Uh, And we want to make sure that that can't happen. We want to clarify that. We're also clarifying that gas chambers are not allowed in the state of Vermont. Uh, there's kind of there's language about what's a preferred method to perform humane, humane euthanasia, but it doesn't outright say that you can't use gas chambers, which are inhumane. So we want to just kind of clean that up a little bit. And there's also some provisions for um, adding in a definition of caregiver and clarifying that the definition of owner is not to include people who do TNR, which then, you know, all the other things kind of come to bear there, like, you know, pet limit laws and licensing and all that stuff to clarify that people who are doing TNR don't have to perform those actions on their community cats. So it's kind of a it's kind of a cleanup bill, kind of a, a mix of cleanup, clarification, and some new stuff. And this is the first time that we're trying out a bill like this um, in the states. And kind of based on how things happen in Vermont and how it goes, we'll be looking to hopefully do some others in the 2018 session. So it's sort of a proactive movement. This one's a proactive movement. Yes, so much is of what we do is reactive to these weird things that pop up. Um, this one, we're really trying to kind of get out ahead of the issue. And in Vermont, it's not as big of an issue as in some other states. So we figured this would be a good one to try, hear what the concerns are, you know, see if there's opposition to it, and really just kind of use this as a pilot to see kind of how it goes. How about Hawaii? It's That's a real hot area for, for stuff going on with free roaming cats. 
Absolutely. Every year, Hawaii is a really <laughs> real hotbed of this of this topic. And not surprisingly, you know, they're the number one state for threatened and endangered species. So, you know, obviously they have a duty to protect those animals as well as manage cats effectively. So this year, there's a few bills, and I actually just heard about another one this morning, which I can mention. Um, so like I said, sometimes we know they're coming, sometimes we have no clue they're coming. Uh, so active this year in Hawaii so far, and I just want to say that for all of these states, what I'm just talking about is up until now, what I know of up until now. There could be other things that pop up that are good, that are bad, you know, that are indifferent, uh, and what have you. So in Hawaii, we've got a Funding for TNR bill, which is interesting, uh, it's actually a legislator who works with a, a local school in his district, and the kids are doing TNR, they're really engaged on that issue, and so he worked with them to put together a bill that's going to allow for some state funding of TNR efforts. So I'm not incredibly hopeful that the bill will go anywhere, uh, but it's certainly one that we'll be supporting and helping to champion because that's you know a really good issue and it's so good to see the kids involved with this. Um, another one is a cat and wildlife task force bill. So this is a bill coming from Hawaiian Humane Society is involved with this, West Hawaii Humane Society, um, like so, say, so some of the shelters. The Department of Land and Natural Resources right now is reviewing language that just got introduced. And what it would what it would be is setting up a task force that will meet through the coming year and report back in early 2018 before the next session to look at the issue of cats and wildlife, to do some mapping, to consider where the vulnerable species are living and where they're not, to make recommendations of where TNR is appropriate versus areas where it might not be the preferred method, um, to look at funding, to look at legislative changes in the future, to see what needs to be changed in current law, um, to make this relevant. So it, it I think it could be really good. Um, it could be bad, kind of depending on who gets on the task force. And right now, there are some specific roles uh, written into the bill. If you take a look at it, it sketches out who should be involved. Right now, it looks pretty good um, in terms of representation and having all the stakeholders engaged. But obviously, the bill language can change, and we won't know until you know it actually moves somewhere uh, who's going to be involved with it um, and kind of what our position is on it. And then the third one that I just heard about this morning is um, related to invasive species. So in Hawaii, cats aren't formally declared an invasive species, but uh, the conservationists talk about them that way, and they are used as an example of an invasive species. So we're always very wary about any bills that try to open up and make it more easy for different entities to control invasive species kind of willy-nilly or with less oversight. So this bill right now actually would be giving more power to the counties to be able to regulate invasive species and to also declare animals and plants to be invasive species for their county. So we want to make sure that that is, you know, whether it's limited to plants, which can take hold really quickly and they need to respond very quickly, just to provide that, that cover so they're able to address the, the plants and animals they need to, but cats, are, again, aren't getting caught up in that to the best of our ability. So that's one that we're going to be looking at this week and um, hopefully getting a lot more information on. It'll be interesting to see what happens with regards to Hawaii. I understand that there's a, a large 
spay neuter clinic being built there. So I would hope that with increased spay neuter capacity, some of these issues may be helped in a certain way. I hope so. You know, there's there's positive efforts happening on both the island of Oahu, which is the most populated island where Honolulu is and the, the capital, and then the other one is Maui. So both of those two big islands with significant human population and significant cat population have plans right now that are, you know, really coming to coming to fruition quickly for massively expanded spay-neuter. And you're right, I hope that that's going to be a really, really good step in the right direction for cats and for people and for wildlife on the islands. Would you like your students to understand animal shelters, homeless animals, and what they can do to help? Dr. Rachel Geller is a Certified Humane Education Specialist and Cat Behavior Counselor. As a Certified Humane Education Specialist, Dr. Geller is skilled in the area of best practices in the teaching of humane education and the most up-to-date educational strategies. Combined with her certification in regular education and special education, she is available to teach topics on animal welfare to your organization. Rachel teaches regularly for the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, community centers, senior centers, and animal shelters. In addition, Rachel teaches and trains shelter volunteers in cat behavior and how to recognize and understand that cats have their own way of communicating. She also helps to correct behavior problems in cats. Rachel has developed many programs and videos on common cat behavior problems and looks forward to working with you. Just email rachelsg at aol.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-S-G at A-O-L dot com. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love community cats? You can help with emailing groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of community cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. All right, moving back to the East Coast, we're going to jump into Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. Connecticut always has a slew of bills. I think our state director said right now she's already tracking 40-something bills um, that relate to companion animals in some way. And most of these are not going to go anywhere. A lot of bills are introduced kind of um, by request, they'll call it. A legislator will introduce it on behalf of a constituent, even though they might not feel strongly about that issue, but they're giving, you know, they're giving it a chance to be heard. So some of these are those some are ones that we knew were coming, others are new. So we do know that there are plans right now to put some budget cuts in place as part of the overall budget, which would impact the spay-neuter funding. Uh, Connecticut does have a state spay-neuter fund, and um, I think about 10% are allowed to be used on community caps. Annie, our Connecticut state director, uh, has caught wind that there might be some removal of that money from the state spay-neuter fund and um, making it so that vouchers cannot go to community caps in the in the budget. And we don't, the budget has not come out yet, so we don't know this for sure, but she feels you know fairly confident that there's going to be some attempt to, to take some money back 
uh, to put it into just the state coffers to offset, you know, some deficit. Uh, so that one will definitely be fighting against. Uh, Connecticut still, you know, clearly has issues with community cats, lots of TNR going on and lots of good stuff. But that money is really needed to provide spay neuter to unowned cats. We want to make sure we don't lose it. And then the other one, which is a new one, we hadn't heard that this was coming, uh, is actually a bill to provide statewide cat licensing. So we just heard about it. We're going to be reaching out to the sponsor to talk a little bit about this uh, and kind of hear why this bill was introduced. Uh, I know it was at the request of a constituent, but you know, what are they trying to solve? Are they trying to make some money to go towards you know, spay-neuter or animal control? Are they trying to address unowned cat issues? And just talking, having an honest conversation conversation about what cat licensing can do and what it can't do. So we'll see how that shakes out. But that should be a very interesting hearing if it does come to that. <laughs> so when you see one of these sort of surprise bills, the first thing that you do and anyone else could do is just to reach out to the sponsor and just genuinely ask them, like, why are they doing this? Yeah, you know, a lot of it really just comes down to that. Um, and, and you can kind of glean a lot of information from that conversation, whether or not they're going to push it, you know, are they going to really work the bill? Or is this something that they, you know, just wanted to do because they wanted to be nice, they introduced it, and they're not really going to do anything else. If that's the case, the bill probably isn't going to move very far. If it doesn't have a sponsor that's really willing to put some time and energy behind it, um, typically bills will just either not get heard, or they'll just kind of sit in committee and nothing will happen with them. So if you find that the sponsor is really motivated to work this bill, hearing why they brought it and what they hope, hope to achieve with it, because that can help really guide you of what to recommend instead. It could be, you know, hey, I understand, yes, that's a problem. This probably isn't going to address what you want to address. Here's another way to try it. Would you be open to amending the bill? You know, can I come to, to the hearing and testify and offer some alternatives? You know, just being able to hear why they want to bring this issue forward can really best inform you of what kind of what tack to take to influence the bill. And we're going to do one more New England state. Lastly, we're going to talk about New Hampshire. New Hampshire. So right now, um, and this was kind of an oversight when the current statute was written several years ago, but New Hampshire is the only state at the state level that does not allow shelters to transfer out or release or adopt out cats that are FIV or feline leukemia positive. And we know, you know, all over the country that that is not best practice. <laughs> there are shelters and rescues and groups that are adopting these cats out to high levels of success. And recent studies have shown that these cats can live, you know, quite well with other cats that aren't FIV positive. You know, that transmission rates are much, much less than originally thought. In some cases, there really is no transmission rate. So, you know, this is an, an outdated and oversight issue that needs to be resolved. When they wrote it, they were trying to provide some cover for other more infectious diseases, and they weren't trying to include these two. And the state vet actually has um, agreed with us, and he has put it into his kind of departmental budget bill. 
And that bill has not officially come out, but Lindsey Hamrick, who's our New Hampshire state director, she's been working closely with him, uh, and we're confident that that language is going to be included. So that's huge. Having the Department of Agriculture and the state vet on board with this change is um, is wonderful. So we hope and, and pray that this one's going to fly right through, uh, and it's a, a really good option. And shelters will finally be able to transfer those cats out to rescues that you know specialize in, in these cats or adopt them out themselves or be able to return them if they're doing TNR. So it really opens up a, a whole new world for these cats that otherwise would either have to be euthanized or kept pretty much on a sanctuary basis. Yeah, that's great news. That's absolutely fantastic news. I know that's been a very hot topic to a lot of folks in New Hampshire and the surrounding states. So that would be resolved in the fall of 2017? Yeah, so when it goes into effect. And I I should mention, I said that they're the only state. Right now, Kansas has some regulations on the books that are similar. They're causing pretty much the same issues. So right now, it's not actually a state bill that's being changed. What we're doing is we're working with the Department of Agriculture to clarify the rules around it so that these cats are not caught up in that. So it's not, you know, it's not a bill that we're working on, but we are working on some rules in Kansas. So hopefully this year, there will be no states that have any regulation on being able to get these cats out into homes. That was a great tour of the country. I want to thank you so much for for doing that. We're in the middle of winter right now, but it'll be springtime soon. And springtime to me means HSUS Expo time. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, so Expo is fast approaching. It is May 9th through the 12th, and it's going to be down in uh, Fort Lauderdale area. Um, It's actually at the Broward County Convention Center. So it's going to be beautiful and warm. And it'll be, you know, for those of us in New England and in the North, uh, probably a nice, fun opportunity to get out and uh, have some sun on your skin and enjoy the warm weather. Uh, So I think it'll feel really good. Our lowest registration rate is still on the books until March 10th. So those of you who are early birds, like to take advantage of a deal, uh, register by March 10th. And we have a ton of really awesome classes. I know I'm excited about our cat track. We've got our Saving Cats track, which covers things like um, feral mamas and kittens, how to best care for them in your facilities and utilizing foster homes for those cats. Saving Orphan Kitties, we've got uh, Hannah Shaw, the kitten lady, presenting on orphan kitten care and how to best uh, take care of those little tiny lives. We've got Brian Cordes from Neighborhood Cats joining us to talk about what proof is there out there that TNR works uh, and talking about the science behind TNR and how we can use what's out there to make our case um, for people who are a bit of uh, a naysayer and say that TNR isn't effective. And we've got a couple of sessions on return to field programs, which I'm really excited about. I know some groups are sort of fully on board. Other groups are a little bit more reserved about what return to field means. In New England, we talk about, you know, is it okay in the in the coldest of the winters to be putting cats back? And, you know, all those different conversations that come to bear on return to field, we're going to do a nice two-parter, really delving into the issues of, of when it's appropriate, where it's appropriate, what it can look like, what it can do for your organization. 
And then also talking about how it relates to your community. So is it impacting public safety issues? What about nuisance complaints and wildlife? And how do we really put together programs that are going to be best for the cats and our organization, but also our community and all of the other stakeholders? So some really, really exciting stuff. And I would love to see all of your listeners there. Um, and I'd love to chat with them too. So if you're there and I'm, you see me, grab me and say hello. That's great. I, one thing that I've heard a few people say is that they just get a little bit intimidated about the thought of going to a big expo. If I was like a first person going to expo, what would you say we should do? Well, definitely take a look at the listing of classes beforehand and kind of sketch out which ones you think are going to be relevant to you, which ones you're excited about, and talk with people from your area, you know, from your own organization or your local state that you think will be going and see if they share any of the same interests. They'll be at the classes. You can make, you know, it's a date. Well, I'll see you here at this <laughs> class. Know you're going to see some folks you know. Um, another good person to reach out to if you don't yet for both legislation and for Expo is your state director. So if you don't know them, um, get to know them. You can type in simply the state, your state's name at humanesociety.org, and it'll bring you over to your state director if you don't already know who they are. Um, we're hopeful, fingers crossed, that the bulk of them are going to be at Expo this year with us. The only ones who won't be will be the ones that are right you know, right in the midst of their legislative session and have some priority things that they can get away Most everyone else will be there. You'll have a chance to meet them in person if you haven't yet, chat with them, and they can put you in touch with other people from your area that they know who are there. Uh, so you can make some connections with people in your state down in Florida, perhaps, that you haven't even met back home. So Katie, if there are people that are interested in finding out specifically more about the programs that HSUS offers or reaching out to you, how would they do that? Yes. So definitely check out animalsheltering.org. That's our website that focuses on shelter, rescue, TNR groups, animal control. So that has right now all of our information about Expo is up there. We have a whole section about cats um, on the Protect Cats tab, uh, which you can read all about. And we're going to be doing, if you sign up with our Scoop newsletter or our um, Animal Sheltering Magazine Facebook page and Twitter. We also have Twitter. We are going to be posting kind of keeping people up to date on legislative attempts across the country that we're active on and asking people to get involved with as well. Um, and then for direct questions, you can just email cats at humanesociety.org and that will come to myself and my colleague, Danielle Bays, and we can chat with you about anything community cat related. Katie, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? There's a lot of community cat bills out there. For those of you in, you know, who are in the sheltering, rescue, TNR field, and you don't just care about community cats, but you care about all companion animals. Right now, we've got about 42 states that are in session, uh, with more being added every day. And we're already tracking over 100 bills that relate to pets in some way, shape, or form. So if you're interested in, you know, breed-specific legislation or veterinary access or dangerous dog laws or, you know, spay-neuter funding, anything like that that's happening at the state level, there's probably bills about it uh, in other states. So if you've got some other topics you want to talk about, you can always reach us again at cats at humanesociety.org, and we can chat about legislation of all colors. Katie, I want to thank you again for agreeing to be a guest on the show, and I really do hope you'll be on again in the future. I would love to. This is so much fun. <laughs> I love this game. It's great. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 